welcome this morning. We are excited to be here. We're excited to worship our Creator. We're also excited because Martin's back. <clears throat> it's hard to tell. <laughs> um, today is going to be a, uh, a different service. Um, we are all about... Christ and what he's done in our lives. And, and the church is made up of believers where we invest in one another. And so as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, we, we take what we know and we pass it on. And so Martin's in his 20th year at Elam. He's been here. And so today for the sermon, if you didn't get an email um, or didn't check your email, we are going to celebrate the influence that, that God, or the, the influence that Martin has had in our life to point us towards Christ. I've talked often about how, you know, who's your Paul, who's your Timothy. Martin has been our Paul for some of us for decades. And so we want to take time to celebrate Martin and Kim and how God has used them to point us to Christ. Because ultimately ministry, Martin's heart is not that he be, hey, look at me, I'm this wonderful leader. Martin's heart is, hey, this is all about Jesus. It's all about you growing your relationship with Christ. So what, during this service, I want you to start thinking through how has Martin pointed you to Christ? Or how has Kim pointed you to Christ? Because they've been in ministry together now for well over 30 years, 20, 20, 26 years in ministry together. They just celebrated their 31st anniversary. So it's just, yeah, there's like, you're starting to see a track record. And so we want to celebrate that track record, and we want to celebrate the influence that Martin has had and Kim has had in our lives to point us to Christ. So start thinking through that. All right, Martin and Kim, come here. All right. Um, we'll, start, we'll start you guys holding that for a second. Um, so we were at family camp, and... Uh, Martin, I, th- I don't remember how it came up. I think Martin was talking about how he's excited about this sermon he has coming up today. And I said, well, you might get to preach it. And he just kind of looked at me funny. I said, we haven't been at staff meeting for three months. Things change. <laughs> and so um, we just, like I said, we wanted to take time to celebrate. Like, how many of you guys stayed at the same job at the same place for 20, over 20 years. Okay? It's an awesome feat. It's not common, especially in the pastorate. And so we're just excited that, that Martin's with us. He's, he's gone through uh, um, tough times. It's not always been easy. And so it's just, it's a testament to them as a couple. And it's a testament to God working in him and not letting him give up. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, Last night we had a ministry leadership team meeting, and Martin just shared one story um, that was really meaningful, and I think it will start um, this time off really well. So Martin, could you just share your experience going to to the church you were baptized at? Well, I was really disappointed. I I rode the the motorcycle 5,900 miles, and I missed 6,000 by 100 miles. (laughs) But... That being said, the big trip uh, for me this summer was going down to California by myself. 
Uh, it's not that I didn't want Kim to go. It's just she says, "My, I, I'm no fool." <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's about uh, three thousand miles round trip, and uh, she wasn't quite up to that. But uh, my bro- I have a brother that lives in Southern California, and I was raised down there. So uh, I, there's no love loss between me and Southern California. I'll just put it that way. When I was down there, I kept looking for that little boy to rise up within me and say, Look, sunshine, uh, don't you want to come home? But I think that little boy moved out a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, when I was coming back for, from a ride to Redondo Beach, a meeting that I had with a, an old friend, I was staying in Riverside with my brother, and I was um, back before he had expected, and he was working. Uh, some people do that. So um, I thought, I'm going to go on up to Moreno Valley, which used to be known as Sunny Mead, or affectionately we called it Scummy Mead. But uh, we, I rode on up there, and the church that I started out in in ministry and really moved from seminary to go and help start was, uh, was meeting in a school when I was down there. And I thought, I'm going to go by the office. Okay. <laughs> and uh yeah i'm I really am a sentimental kind of guy, and uh so I went there to the old office and I walked up the stairs, and I thought, how many times did I walk up these stairs to various meetings to study to preach my first sermon where where I taped it for Elam because they wanted to have a videotape um and uh, and I was overwhelmed with the sense of how God used so many people there to shape my life. And it was a pretty dysfunctional church, um, pretty broken. But I was overwhelmed. I just said, God, thank you. Thank you for the people that you brought there, for the leadership as dysfunctional as it was. And how you just used them to shape my life. And for the privilege that I had of being able to speak into so many lives, even as a young associate pastor and interim senior pastor while I was there. And then I went out to a place that used to be known as Sunday Mead Baptist Church. It's now called Lighthouse Community Church. But it was a church where uh, my family started going to in 1974. And I went there until 1979, 80, uh, while I was in college as well, part-time. And, and I was sitting in the parking lot, and I thought, you know, I was here when we built that building, that educational wing. It was just a small one. But all the men came out, and we built that. And I was there when they planted those trees. And, and I was overwhelmed with a sense of gratitude for as dysfunctional as that church was, because it was pretty dysfunctional. It actually split, and that's how the church that I ultimately went to down there was started. But I thought, Lord, thank you. And while I was sitting there on my bike in this parking lot, uh, my son Nathan calls me and says, Dad, what you doing? I said, well, you won't believe it, but I'm sitting in the, in the, in the church parking lot where I was baptized, where I had two pastors who poured into my life, a, a man who has passed on to be with the Lord now. His name is Pastor Charles Almond. 
And uh, he was very, very old school. And for some of you are thinking, Martin, you're pretty old school. Well, this was old school 35 years ago. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was a man who got involved in my family's lives. And while my dad did not appreciate it, I, I, I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. You know, this was a man who, at my, my mom's hinting, came over one day and knocked on the garage door where I stayed because that was my bedroom in Moreno Valley. And he kind of came in and he, in a very awkward, halting manner, tried talking to me about sex at 14 years old. And I, I thought, I'm not sure exactly what you're trying to get at. <laughs> but I, I think that he walked out thinking, I'm not sure I got to where his mom wanted me to go. But, you know, we'll just let it go at that. But to a, a Tom Logan, who was our youth pastor, who was a full-time coach at the high school, who poured into my life, to a Steve Huska, who was a pretty broken pastor, but yet poured into my life and challenged me towards Jesus. And I was telling this story to Nathan as I was sitting there on the bike and it was 95 degrees and smoggy and uh, having a hard time keeping it together. And the next day I left and I was riding down the Ventura Freeway at about 80 miles an hour because that's how fast you got to go down there. And I was weeping because I was saying, God, thank you for your providence that in the midst of all of the brokenness of Steve Huska and Charles Allman and Mary Geiger was an older lady who was befriended my mom, was a real point of stability. And my dad always wondered about her because she was always poking her nose into family business. But you know what? My family needed someone to poke their nose into our family business. But I was overwhelmed with the sense of gratitude of God's providence that how his, his providence has run through my life and I am the man I am today because of those people who invested in my life back then when they weren't sure exactly what they were investing in. It was a pretty questionable commodity. <laughs> and... Uh, and I started thinking about how thankful I am for this body and all the people who've invested in my life over 30, you know, for 20 years from the Larry Nelsons to the Bill Parsons to the Dan Amoses and about how God has used you in my life to make me who I am today and my wife and my kids and how God has given us the privilege of investing in your lives and in the midst of all of the mess and in the midst of all of the dysfunction you know God is working his glorious plan and there will come a day when we will look back and those who are younger who will say thank you for the Brian Sharps and the Stan um, Petersons and the Nate Champneys and, and the Tom Chases and all of those who invested in our lives and God used his providence to make us into the men and women that we are today. And I was overwhelmed by the mess, but I was more overwhelmed with the hope of God's providence and about how he says, 
It doesn't matter how messy it is. Uh, That's really insignificant to me, Martin. What matters is whether or not I am working, and that's what you need. And when when he shared this story last night, he had no clue what was going on today. And so Cheryl and I are sitting at, at the ministry lead team meeting and we just kind of nudge each other and we're like, he's going to start off the service with it because it, it really sets the table well. Martin is the man he is today because of the people that have spoken into his life. And a lot of us are who we are today because of the influence that Martin has had on us. And so we want to open it up to you. And again, this is not about bringing glory and honor to Martin, but this is about how God has used Martin in our lives to point us towards Christ. So... Um, if any of you guys have just a story you want to share about how Martin has influenced you towards Christ, um, being your Paul, um, go ahead and raise your hand. Uh, Nate and I will, will grab the mics and just bring them to you. And we just want to have uh, just a, a family time. So if you've got a story, please raise your hand. I'm going to kick this off because I know it's not going to end. It's going to be hard to end. So, uh, whoo. I had to type it out just because I didn't know what to share and how to share it. There's so much uh, blessings that you guys have had in our lives. Uh, but the verse that came to me when I was praying this morning was uh, 1 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 6. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Martin, I have not met too many men that I would have in the foxhole with me, beside me, and you are one of those men that I admire and I respect and I love very much. You have impacted my life. And uh, slugging out with the bad guys. My family and I have had the privilege to serve under Martin's leadership here at Elam and come alongside him in this war-torn land and advance the kingdom of heaven by force. What many of you do not know and that you'd be shocked to know is that Martin is a violent man. (laughs) He is a spiritually violent man who has broken down castle walls, has defeated giants, and stormed the gates of hell. Violent or vehement in the Old English essentially means having a marked or powerful effect. Martin, you have had a marked and powerful effect upon me in my life. This is what I have experienced in the life of Martin as his disciple, friend, and co-laborer. He is a tenacious warrior who stands for truth, justice, and mercy. The fruit from his labors that we see lived out before our very eyes is peace. And we thank you, God, for Martin Martin knows the price paid for peace. It's Christ's blood shed upon the cross. Martin knows God, and he is our shepherd. He guards that knowledge and fervently shares that knowledge with us and with the South Hill and beyond. Martin, you are a true shepherd. You have laid your life down for us in so many ways, and we are forever thankful and grateful. We love you. Okay, I've had uh, two, two decades to grow up with Martin. And uh, one of the things I've learned from him is how to say no, um, especially at those times when he said, let's get together at 7 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> no. At a community group leaders retreat, let's start at 8 a.m. No. <laughs> and he's flexible enough to have changed. But uh, one, one of the great things about Martin, and, and there's, uh, there's a lot of things, um, is his selflessness 
this is this church is not about Martin. Um, by nature, I think he's kind of a control freak. He likes to be in charge of things. Okay, whatever you want to call it, but he sets that aside for us. Because what you experienced the last three months with uh, Martin and, I mean, uh, Brian and Nate leading and a bunch of different guys coming up here and, and bringing the word to you, that happened because Martin has given people the opportunity to do that. It didn't happen because, well, I'm leaving now. You guys got to step in. It's I've been building you up all this time uh, for some of us, decades, and it paid off. Um, so it's that selflessness of letting go and building others up for God's glory, and also to not be ashamed to model for us and live before us an honest life that says hey, I'm screwed up too. And we're all here screwed up, but he's here to perfect us. And it's okay because he's going to do it. We can't do it on our own. And he's, he's done that for us, for us, and I've learned a lot from uh, your ministry, and I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you. I have uh, probably less of an individual story than maybe a testimony to, to, a, to a life well lived. When, when I got the email that said, hey, we wanted to talk about the things and how Martin has impacted our lives, and, and I guess just almost immediately, I didn't have to rack my brain and think of something. It, just, it came out naturally just that, that Martin has been the one who has always been, been pushing the status quo, that to, to compel me to take the next step, to, to walk closer to the Savior, to be more like Christ. And what is that next step for each of us as an individual? That's what he's done for me, is said, hey, what are you going to do next? It's, we, we don't just live on our, you know, relax on our laurels, but that he's, he's continued to encourage us, as the Holy Spirit does through him, to, to take the next step and walk with him. And, and most recently, and that's living and walking the gospel of Jesus Christ out in our lives. And I just want to thank you, Martin. I've always believed that God puts people in my life that have qualities that he wants to develop in me. And God has certainly used you, Martin, in that way in my life. You are tremendously gracious and forgiving, and you are a man of second and third and fourth chances. And um, I believe that that's really cultivated the environment that we have here and that people feel free to not mess up purposely, but if we do mess up, know that we're going to have that second and third chance. And then just the forgiving aspect. You are a very, very forgiving man, and God has really used you in my life to say, Francis, that's how I need you to respond in certain situations and with certain people. And so I'm very thankful for that. Well, my friends, um, I remember when you first walked through the door. I remember when Martin came and visited the um, women's Bible study that we had going here, and we were meeting in that room over there, and he stood, and he literally, you could see his hand shaking as he was holding his Bible, talking to us. I mean, us women, we must have looked very uh, threatening or scary or something. I don't know what it was. (laughs) And then we had a luncheon afterwards, and... uh, there was just this feel that they just fit right in. 
And I just remember thinking as that first time of meeting um, you guys of just that connection right away. And Kim, I just have to say that you have just been a model of just faithfulness and um, love and encouragement and just how you have spoken to my life. And then working with Martin for the past, I don't know, 18 years now, it's just been, again, that privilege, as you have heard, the challenge that he puts before you. You know, every week it's, are you walking with Jesus? And he's just not going to take a, yeah, answer. He wants to know how you're walking with Jesus and what you're learning about Jesus. So um, I just appreciate both of those influences in, in my life and how it's just challenged me. You've been here 19 years as of May. April. April 1st, sorry. So you're in your 20th year. That's why. Yeah. All right. Martin, <clears throat> so when Keith and I came back almost two years ago, um, our family life was a mess. Um, but God used a common bond between you and Keith, my husband, and that's motorcycle riding. So um, all the rides that you guys went on, um, all the times that you had for him to speak into his life, um, and as well as other men here at Elam, you guys have um, helped to grow a man who loves the Lord. And I wanted to just share some of the fruit that um, this last week I spoke with Keith. Um, he's kind of struggling with a couple of things, so you can pray for him. But um, he said to me that they went out um, to visit some other teams, um, so they were traveling. And um, he was talking to a young captain who's a believer and who is struggling with um, building relationship with his team. And um, as a believer, it's very hard to build that relationship. And that he... Um, he kind of wanted to quit sometimes, but because of the wisdom that you, that God poured into you, into Keith, Keith was able to counsel this young man um, and to encourage him in the Lord and his walk and where God has him. And I've just not heard that kind of a story from my husband before, so it blesses my heart. So thank you for speaking into his life and into leading into my family and, and to Keith's as well. Okay, Martin. I didn't know whether to pick a story to embarrass you or <clears throat> I've got lots of them, like the uh, quick car ride we did one day in a little red sports car <laughs> or the three sports cars going over on Highway 410. That No, we just had a good time. An area where you have really touched me, Martin, and we've had many, many deck talks sitting on my deck um, the one that came to mind immediately that I wanted to talk about was Martin and I have clashed so many times in 19 years and I remember he had made a comment to me that just struck me wrong because of a pastor that I was under at another church and it just brought back old memories it wasn't Martin's fault it was all me I left that office in a passionate heat and just angry and left and went home and I wasn't home probably 10-15 minutes and Martin says don't go nowhere I'll be right over he came over and sat on the deck and he was not going to leave that deck until the peace that needed to be 
brought back between him and I had been accomplished. And I was thrilled Thursday morning, I think I was in here, and you said, I'm unemployed again, by the way. Martin says, oh, good, I can come and sit on the deck and visit with you now. <laughs> so I just, I appreciate our deck talks, but that one really meant a lot to me, just speaking volumes of how important relationships in this body are to you. Well, um, if you know Martin, Kim, their family has, um, I would say, Martinisms or Shlomerisms. There's Shlomerine. There's Refrigerator Friends. There's Unpack That For Me. And all those words are very enduring. When we walked into um, Elam, um, I don't remember, but Martin remembers, which is bizarre for me. Um, We came coming out of a, uh, a situation of brokenness from hurts of a, of a dysfunctional church. But I walked in the door. My husband chose the church, which was huge. And I'm like, nobody raises their hands here. Nobody claps here. And, but Kim and Martin were loving and caring. They opened their door. They came over for dinner. We went over for a a lunch, I, and um, they were skin. They were real. Um, Martin is and Kim are tangible. They make time for you. I can come in in tears in Martin's office, or I, when I'm cutting Kim's hair, I can say, "I bought a pool and I spent too much money," and she just prayed for me. It was just. They're people, and they're good pastors. Kim, I know that I've always said off and on in your life that you are a pastor of women, and I truly believe it, and I know that you lead well, and you're accepting, and you call us to the carpet for maturity, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate that you share your children. I appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you. Uh, Back when we used to have two services with Sunday school in the middle, my mom was dying of cancer, and it was my turn to count money. So Marilyn, by this time, we were living with her, one of us, 24 hours a day. And uh, Marilyn went to first service, and then I was going to get cleaned up and come to second service so I could count money. Well, my mom woke up and she said, I've got to go to the bathroom. So I'm helping her up uh, to go to the bathroom. And she uh, stiffened up and literally died in my arms. So uh, needless to say, I wasn't ready to come to church and count money. So I did the right thing. I called the church and said, you're going to need to get somebody to do that because my mom just died. And like I said, we had Sunday school in between services. Martin was preaching. And I don't know what all he normally did between services. But uh, all of a sudden there was a knock on the door. And it was Martin. And he talked to us. And he prayed with us. And it was important. I was trying to catch a moment where I wasn't crying. Um, well, I think, like uh, maybe a lot of us, when we came here, I don't know exactly 
how you're feeling about getting a disgruntled wife that was following her husband into something that I was not ready to be into, but he just kept assuring me he was taking us to a safe place. And I uh, went, whatever, Joshua, take us to the promised land. (laughs) Um, So when I got here, I had quite an attitude about being here. But uh, over the course of the four years that we have been here, I haven't ever experienced such a safe place to be in. And because of both of you, I just know that's allergies. That's a Martinism. That's a Schlomerism. So anyways, just the opportunity that Stan and I have gotten under both of your leadership, Kim and Martin, to grow in our gifts, to grow closer to the Lord and the opportunities that you've given us to mature here. And hopefully you'll be kicking us out soon. We're praying. But uh, I, you guys are so for people. And I just, a lot of the hard times that we've gone through, you guys have just come alongside us and reminded us, if God's for us, who can be against us? And um, just experience that in our lives and seeing you do it in the lives of others, that you are just truly for people. And that's how I want to be for others as well. All right, so I... Uh, <laughs> okay, so I won't mention the ride to Seattle on the back of Martin's bike. It was very awkward, and we will post pictures soon. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's been, I'm in my fourth. <laughs> they just shook their head. <laughs> Not to mention that I towered over him over his bike. I was like, I was going to eat him or something and take it from him. Um, so <laughs> so I'm, I'm in my fourth year here, and uh, it's been, uh, been kind of crazy. I came in out of a real garbage situation and um but before i came to elam uh pastor martin just was like hey let's get together let's have some coffee and uh you know and just just get to know each other a little bit so we go over here to starbucks and we're uh we're just about to sit down and before we sit down he already floors me he goes when was the last time you were discipled by an older man i almost messed myself because i grew up in the church uh, I truly gave my heart to the Lord in 93. I've been at four churches since then, and I've committed a long time with them. Um, but I've never seen the heart of a, of a shepherd. I've never seen, seen the true shepherd mentality and nature of a man. It's like, with Martin, it's just like, he cares to grow people up. And he asked, he told me that it was time for me to step up and grow up spiritually. For that my spiritual maturity needed to develop, and uh, I didn't get that. I didn't understand that, and um, we've had many meetings since uh, just about that, and it's been a trying year and a half. You know, Angela and I have been married a little over a year now, and man alive, I have a lot of adjusting to do because I've been alone my whole life, you know, since I was a kid, or since I was an adult. It's like, it's been Mark, so it's been the Mark show. So watching Pastor Martin, and I call Kim like the silent threat, because she doesn't say a lot, but when she does, oh, yeah, you know. So um, she has even a prophetic look. I don't know if y'all have ever witnessed that, but it's like, sure, look at me. 
yeah, she'll look at me and I'm like, I know I did something wrong. I don't know what it is, but I'll figure it out. So, but I just want to say I love you guys and I thank you for who you are. Um, and like Julius Campbell said in Remember the Titans, attitude reflects leadership. And the whole body here is absolutely phenomenal. And I love everybody here and the leadership here and just everybody in every position that they do. But it does come down first from God, then to the pastor, and then to leadership and beyond. And I just I love you guys like nobody's business. I came to Elam about five years ago. And um, I remember at the very beginning uh, being welcomed and being made to feel comfortable. Um, Dan Amos was one of those people who did that. And also Martin. And uh, I remember, Martin, you were, you were the first pastor that I have ever been around that actually met, took time to meet with me outside of Sunday morning. So that's, uh, that was a, a big, big change that um, I had never seen before in a pastor. Um, I don't know how long after that, um, maybe a year or so, uh, Martin began um, the task of making me uncomfortable and has um, continued with that. He's challenged me to grow in different ways, um, whether it's um, asking me to host and have somebody live in my house that I didn't know, or um, just other various ways that you've made me uncomfortable in a godly way. So I do appreciate those times, and uh, I look forward to many more times of being uncomfortable with you over the next few years. So. Does that mean that you want to go on a bike ride with him? Uh, <laughs> not necessarily. So um, there's so many different things that I could say, but I think one of the things that I appreciate the most about the two of you is the fact that when I think of a pastor and when I think of a women's pastor as well, I think of the characteristics that are important to me and I think of the example and I think of the leadership and I think of just the way that God works through you in um, quiet ways. It's not necessarily, at least I've not seen, um, the big bold examples or um, prophecies, so to speak, but God is absolutely working through all the words that come out of your mouth, be it on a Sunday morning or be it in a one-on-one situation. And um, I've seen that in women's ministry as well. And we are... (coughs) growing in this church not just in numbers but in our lives and in our spiritual growth because of who the two of you are and the pastors that you are to us and the shepherd that you are and so I just thank you for your example and for the the spirit that comes out of you I praise God for who you are and the fact that as others have said that you are real that you don't live perfect lives that you um, sometimes have car accidents that you <laughs> um, that you know sometimes you get sunburned more than you should Martin um, but just the fact that you are um, our pastors and that we can appreciate you as that as well as friends so thank you very much it's, um, when you scripture and I, I think in some ways this is something that we don't um, probably do the best job at. Um, there's a couple of verses that when we are thinking through this service, they're just important for us to, to recognize. And one's in, the first one's in First Thessalonians, and it's verse 12, 12. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you, holding them in the highest regard and love because of their work, 
Live in peace with each other. First Thessalonians 5, 12 through 10. And the next one, 1 Timothy 5. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work is preaching and teaching. And Martin, like we've talked about, has just been a man that has worked hard. Um, he is usually the first one in the office and generally one of the last ones to leave with meetings. Um, he was willing to work with a 24-year-old um, stubborn loudmouth. Um, people ask how we work together. And I, say, I, I say we fight well. Um, we've learned how to interact well, and, and um, it's just been a blessing for me. I would not be who I am today without Martin encouraging me. Um, we spend a lot of time talking, and, and um, in the beginning, he spent a lot of time correcting. And, um, you know, today, just we have a mutual friendship and just relationship that I wouldn't trade for the world. And I know that... Um, we are blessed here because of the influence of Martin and the influence of Kim, you know, and just how much she has served, how much she has led, even when she doesn't want to. <laughs> and she, because she's got a servant's heart and she's willing to do just about anything. I think that's the picture you see is, is of a couple that are trying to faithfully honor God. And they are constantly coming. Martin's constantly coming. Oh, Kim and I were studying this. We were talking about this. We were, and you hear about the relationship. It's not just a man who sits up here, preaches from the Word of God. But he talks about the Word of God and how it influences life. And it's just something we can learn from. But it's also something where we say thank you for the influence. And I want to take time now. So, Mark, if you want to come down, and I want the elders to come up, and, and I want to just have a time where we just pray over them. Um, saying thank you for coming back after three months of, of soul-searching and spending time with each other and God and just looking at um, what God has for you um, to bring back to us. And so just praying for, for you as a couple and as, Martin, you get back into the middle of, of, of ministry and um, just a time for us to have a family time of prayer. So why don't you guys come, uh, elders, why don't you come forward and we'll have a couple of you pray Oh, sorry, Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah's allowed to talk anytime. <laughs> I, I do not, actually, but I know Brian. And I just wanted to say um, that... Okay, I can't do this without crying. Shoot. Oh, well. Forget <laughs> it. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being such an amazing example of uh, a pastor of a godly man in your home and outside of your home. I cannot thank you enough for... That example, I know a lot of pastors um, who are tend to be. I've heard of pastors who tend to be different in, in the home and out of the home. And as your son, I can say that you are a godly man, and I daily think of you and want to model my life after your godliness. So that's that as much as I can say without falling. <laughs> All right, elders. And I guess anyone else that wants to come up. <laughs> um, so whoever wants to pray can, can pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we lift up Martin and Kim. 
something that I wanted to mention was that I've always said this is a church filled with grace. And I think that the church reflects the leader. And Lord, I, I thank you for, for Martin for mirroring, mirroring your grace to us. It has helped us to become more graceful people, more gracious people. So I thank you for that. I thank you for Martin and Kim for, for being so welcoming to Cindy and I when we first came here. And uh, just thank you for what they've, what they've meant to us. God, you have made uh, Martin and Kim both a walking, breathing worship song. And Lord, we give you the glory for just uh, just the amazing things that you have done through them. Lord, we are so grateful for the fact that we get them here at Elam and that they're not somewhere else. We're just grateful that they're here and a part of our lives. Father, I too echo uh, thanksgiving to you and praise to you, God, for this couple and the gift that they are to us, God. We love you, God. We thank you, God, for the blessing of this couple in their lives, Lord. And just, I am in awe of you, God. Clay pots, God, your glory emanating forth from them and just uh, pointing to Jesus Christ in his face and just his glory. And so, God, I love you and am so in love with you because of these two more and more each day I grow in that and so Lord thank you we love you Lord Jesus thank you for the the testimonies we've heard today the testimonies of Martin and Kim's lives and how they've impacted each one of us Lord I have been challenged today to see what everybody else has experienced because of them and Lord, I just pray that as, as Paul poured into others' lives, into Timothy's lives, life, Lord, that it changed things, it changed the world. That you used that man and you're using this man and this woman to change so many lives. Lord, make us worthy of that. Lord, I too thank you for these who serve you so well. And I thank you for what you've done in these last three months. I thank you for each of these stories and accounts that we've heard. But the request was that we pray for them. And they're not retiring. So, Lord, I ask that you pour out your Spirit on them in a mighty, mighty, powerful, profound way. Lord, may this just be the beginning. May these past 19 and some months be just the training period. May we see power and work and things happen that will put this day in a shadow. Not that anything is short this day. But you are an almighty God. 
and you have wisdom and knowledge and wonders to perform and you've got good people and you've grown them and you've expanded them and changed them and purified them and you've brought good people around them Lord do a mighty work we pray in Martin in Kim in this church and each of our leaders in the last person who's come through the door glorify your name Lord glorify your name we want to see wondrous things that can only be credited to you Sorry, I just agree with Mr. Barnes, Lord, and we just ask that you pour out on them and continue to grow them in the grace and the knowledge of, of the Lord. We pray for the protection over them, Lord Jesus, and their family as they are uh, in the trenches for you, Jesus. And we just ask for that, that blessing, God, that multiplication, God, that it's not just about um, that we got blessed and then we just hold that gift of how we've been blessed, but that we as a congregation would multiply that, that we would raise up, Lord God, and that we would um, pour out, Lord, what has been given to us, Lord God, because we've been given to, from you to overflowing and through our pastors for, from overflowing, Lord God. So may it spill out onto one another and that, Martin, the vision that you've given him as a shepherd, that we would go from South Hill and beyond to make disciples, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord God, we just ask that you would do a mighty work, Lord God, of your spirit. And we just thank you, God, for them and that they do depend upon you for this work. Father, I just want to... Lord, just I'm praying for their feet. As funny as that may sound, where they go, the gospel goes. Where they walk, Lord, you you have prepared their paths. And Father, I just thank you that they are determined, Father, to bring you glory in their footsteps. Lord God, I thank you that you are not done with them yet. Lord, that you have an adventure waiting for them and it starts today. Lord, 19 years is not the end. It's just the beginning like uh, Barnes said, Mr. Barnes said, Father. And, Lord, we just thank you that you have blessed them with the Holy Spirit, that you richly indwell them. And, Father, fill them up, fill their cup to overflowing. That they're, You know, in your word it says, anoint our head with oil that our cup would overflow. Father, that's what we pray for them, that they would just overflow, Lord, with your peace, with your joy, with your wisdom, and with your power. Lord, that they would speak, Lord, truth and love, Lord, and they would see, Father, the the things that you desire them to see, Father. We just thank you, Jesus, for these feet that are continually doing your work. In Jesus' name. Father, we give them to you. We ask you to continue to use them, to work in them. And, Father, that you would humble us, Lord, that we would follow well. Lord, that we'd walk well together and we'd bring glory and honor to your name. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, The takeaway really is who are we investing in? 
we have a great picture of what this looks like in Morton's life, in Kim's life. But they didn't start this. This started 2,000 years ago with Jesus investing in the twelve. The twelve investing in the others. And now we can look at the people in our lives that have pointed us to Christ. And the question is, who are we investing in? Who are we pointing to Jesus? Because that's what this life's about, is, is about Christ and His work. And we get to celebrate communion. We get to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection. And we get to celebrate the fact that Christ is coming back. What an amazing thing. Um, so elders, if you want to come forward, Martin, this is your place, man. <laughs> so. All right. You know, as um, one, one final story before we go into communion. <laughs> hey, it's been three months. You know, one of the experiences that I had being in Southern California was with my brother, and uh, he has a, a speedboat that has 500 horsepower, which really means something to men. Um, but uh, but he, he said, I want to take you out to Lake Havasu, which is on the border of California and Arizona, during the height of the heat wave. It was 126 out there. Um, but during our time together, my, my brother, unfortunately, is now walking with Jesus. But during our time out there, he said, I want to take you to the canal. And it happened to be on a Sunday morning. And the canal is this gathering place of all these boats and all these people. And as he went to the, we went to the canal with his family, everybody was in awe because you were around, surrounded by half-million-dollar boats. And plastic surgery out the wazoo, um, partying, dancing, and all of that. And I sat there and I mourned. I thought, this is where I would be if it weren't for Christ. And while there was for a moment a spirit of condemnation that rose up within my mind and my heart towards all of these sinners, I was reminded of the reality that I don't have any moral authority over another person. I don't have any moral authority to say this person is evil, more evil than this person. I don't have any moral authority to make that judgment. That's God's judgment. But it rose up within me in appreciation for His gift to me and a desire and longing to ask the question, how do these folks learn the gift that there is more to life than drinking beer and sitting on a half million dollar boat when it's 126 degrees out, surrounded by all the debauchery that was there. And... Uh, I don't know that I have an answer to that question, but it rose up within me at a real appreciation for what we celebrate here this morning. I read a quote from a friend in California, this, this last week, a pastor friend down in Santa Margarita, and he said, as we celebrate communion, he says, you bring your history. And Jesus responds and says, I will bring the bread and the wine. And we all have a history. And we don't judge one another's history by having some superior moral authority. But we let Jesus judge our history 
And through that judgment, he took God's wrath. And through that judgment, he, he, his sins expiated our stain. It means he took the stain out so that we don't have to be guilty anymore. We don't have to feel guilty anymore. And all he says is the same thing that James tells those his, as a pastor, as a shepherd speaks to those who were once in his church. He said, all you got to do is repent, weep and wail for those of us who are proud of our sin. But repent and humble yourself. And then God will exalt us. He will exalt us. It is His exaltation that we seek. But it starts on our knees. It starts on our knees of repenting and confessing. And I can't think of a better time just to take a moment to say as individuals, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of the judgment or forgive me of being worthy of your judgment. And Lord, I humble myself before you and I receive the gift of your grace that is represented in these elements. And Lord, would you exalt me to the place that you would have me to be in Christ so that you look at my life and because of Christ you see someone who is holy and blameless in him. Let's take a moment just to pray through that as individuals and then I'll close and then we will participate. Father, we bring our stories, our history to you. You know what it is. You know what it was 20 years ago. You know what it was five years ago. You know what it was five days ago. And Lord, we bring it all to you before the cross. Lord, that we celebrate the forgiveness that you've given, the freedom from guilt that you're eager to provide, the justification that you want to give. Lord, and the fact that because of all of that, we don't have to make ourselves righteous for you have made us righteous in Christ. We don't have to make ourselves good enough. You already have. Father, may that shift our hearts from striving to resting, to celebrating rather than hiding. So, Father, we bring you our story and we thank you for this bread and this wine. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen.